Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Two Sweary Dads, a podcast about parenting and other dadly pursuits. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And this week, uh, because, so uh, Taz started daycare this week. Yeah, because um, because Erica's got a job, I believe. That's right. Erica started her new job on Tuesday, and she's going to be working two days a week. And one of those days, Taz is going into daycare for the day. Nice. Um, you know, we were we were a little hesitant about it because he's pretty young. He's only two and a half. He's never been away from us for that long. But uh, you know, we figured it'd be good for him, sort of socially, to have that time with other kids and. Uh, better than than just being uh, sort of stuck at my mum and dad's place because the other day mum will be looking after Taz and the girls, um, and she has the girls. Uh, yeah, when Taz is at daycare too. But uh, you know, and we also thought it was probably a bit much for mum to have all three kids two days a week. They're a bit of a handful when they're all together. So uh, they're, actually, they've been pretty good this week. Um, Taz has been a bit moody, but um, he hasn't been attacking them as often. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice. Um, Attacking in a loving way. (laughs) Yeah, well, no. But (laughs) they just, uh, well, and and the girls are are getting old enough now that, you know, they'll laugh when he does funny things and they can sort of play a bit. So that's been good. Yep. But anyway, so, yeah, Taz went to daycare and Erica and I both dropped him off. And, you know, he, he always takes a little while to warm up in a, uh, in a new environment, and there are a lot of kids there, and all the all the boys are off roughhousing and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, so he sort of just sat to the side, and I started. I read him a book, and it was funny. Like um, I'm reading this book, and one by one, all these other kids start coming over. Kids yep. start coming over, listening to me reading this book, and start laughing, laughing along, and answering questions when I ask them and stuff. So that was kind of funny. Well, um, in on those sort of lines, my. My wife is doing a childcare course at the moment, mm-hmm. and um, she's been um, doing her first placement at a childcare centre. And one of the days she went, she went into the into the um, like the pre-kinder room, and she started reading a book. And then um, all the other childcare workers were sort of just laughing because they knew that she wasn't going to get out of there for at least another hour because <laughs> they <laughs> keep on one, giving her new books. Read another one. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, if you start reading a book in one of those, one of those sort of places, instantly you're you're drawn to. You're a superstar. You, dra- yeah. you draw all the other kids in, and you're not getting out of there <laughs> in any hurry. <laughs> so anyway, he uh, he sort of started warming up a bit. He found some toys he wanted to play with, and so I left. You know, I said bye and mm-hmm. asked him if he wanted a hug. He said no, and I left. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, okay, he must be fine then. And so, yeah, Erica went off to work. I was working at home for the day. But I got messages from Erica around 11 saying, oh, he's not handling it well because she called to, to yep. check in on him. And um, But they they gave him lunch and tried to get him down for a nap. And he doesn't he doesn't really go down to sleep very well without a yep. lot of hand-holding. So that wasn't really going well. And anyway, an hour, hour and a half later, I got a call saying, oh, you better go pick him up. So... I went and got him and they'd actually finally just gotten him down to sleep. He must have just been exhausted from screaming for us, basically. Yep. But there was no point leaving him there because as soon as he woke up, he'd be screaming again. So, I gathered his stuff and and uh, woke him up and, geez, like, <laughs> the expressions that went across his face when he woke up and saw me there, 
it was it was elation. Well, it was kind of heartbreaking because yeah, it was like it was a moment of oh, daddy's here, and then like oh my god, I'm gonna start crying again because I you know I miss you so much and I'm upset and like it you know how it just all goes across their face in like a split oh, yeah. second. So anyway, I I took him to to mum and dad's and and worked there for the afternoon. He perked up, um, and and since then he's had some positive things to say about the day. So. Uh, I mean, we're obviously we're going to try again on on Thursday. Well, whether you whether you try again or not, you're still paying for it. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> it's not cheap. Um, we no, definitely. All, we've got to get all our Centrelink stuff in order too, so we actually get some rebates. But yeah, and especially when she's only doing when Erica's only doing two days a week, you know, at work, a lot of that at the moment is going straight into childcare. So it's like, well, what's oh, the point? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, that's it. I mean, she wasn't even going to take the job unless it covered the childcare. And luckily, obviously, mum mum can take the girls and Taz one day because if we had three kids in childcare two days, there's no way it would have been worth it. Like, that's no. that's just hundreds and hundreds of dollars a week. But anyway, since that happened this week, I thought maybe we'd have a discussion about, you know, daycare and preschool and school in general. Just, you know, what, what we sort of want for our kids uh, in the future and uh, or, or what they've done so far, and and uh, yeah, we'll just see how that goes. So has um has James done any sort of preschool sort of stuff yet? Not yet. Uh, we're planning to this year, um, at some stage to to get him into a, into a childcare for at least a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Bianca's going through her course at the moment. She'll finish the course in. Oh, I think it's like one or two, one or two more days of actual coursework. Yeah, so hopefully she'll be in in um, like full time employment later on this year, probably around September or so. That's great. Which would be fantastic. Mm. Um, the hard thing is, like, as as we know that kids pick up a lot of a lot of sicknesses at at um, yeah. the daycare centres and the childcare centres. Um, well, it so happens that so do the childcare workers. So Bianca's been incredibly <laughs> sick this year. Yeah, that's hard. Um, I mean, yeah, our kids pick up stuff even just from the playgroups they go to, but um, I'm sure it's even worse at the at the daycare centres because, I mean, the playgroups, you know, the parents are going too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, so obviously they have time, like they can choose not to take their kids if they don't want to. Yeah. Um, whereas generally daycare is because parents are working and you can't, like it has to be a much more severe level of sickness before you, you know, take a day off work to be able to keep the kid home. So, yeah, I, I, I bet that that sickness just goes goes through childcare centers like anything. Yeah, and it's actually kind of also the reason why I'm I'm stockpiling quite a lot of um leave at the moment. Yeah, so just, that just when it guess. comes to when it comes to Bianca starting work, I can actually maybe take the first three weeks of her at work off. Right, just to be ready for just, that, and just to be there for be there when, for James. for when inevitably <laughs> that actually starts starts happening. Yeah, for sure. And getting sick and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So James will go into childcare a couple of days, and what about the other days if she's working full time? Um, well, the the idea would be to try and get him in five days a week. Oh, okay, it would because be. he's getting to the age where he can actually be moving towards kinder because he actually goes to kinder next year. Right, of course, yeah. Because he is just that little bit older. He'll be four in, four in November. And then 
school the year after and it's mm. like oh geez i know it comes up quick eh i mean so how well i mean let's go back to how do you think he's going to go in in daycare um i think it's going to help him a lot yeah. um he's talking quite quite a bit behind mm-hmm. um and also he he just doesn't really have any interest in in using the potty and those sort of things and they right they basically say that the independence starts coming in a lot more when they're actually out at at a um, daycare and all yeah. those sort of places. I mean, I think just seeing seeing other kids often there's there's an aspect of you know obviously imitation and 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 wanting to do what they they see the other kids do. So that will mm-hmm. probably will be a big help for sure. But yeah, I'm I'm hoping that it it all sort of helps him move move ahead a bit. Uh, mm. We've got a speech pathologist appointment coming up. Yeah, have is you've. How long have you been seeing the speech pathologist now? Haven't yet. We, oh, we originally okay. took a while ago, um, and they said, "Yeah, there's nothing really to worry about." And then when we were at the um, healthcare centre for the um, three and a half year checkup, they mm-hmm. said, "Oh, he's a little bit behind. He's substituting a few different letters." And so yeah. she gave us a referral to a speech pathologist just to just to check because he does have a bit of a tongue tie and, mm. and those sort of things, and they they can actually make speaking a lot harder for yeah for kids yeah for sure singing too i've got a tongue tie it's uh relatively severe i guess i don't well i don't know i have i'm self-diagnosing here but it's um just based on seeing other people's mouths it's it's fairly thick i guess (laughs) (laughs) the girth of my tongue tie Um, thick and meaty yeah i mean i i often found that a a problem with singing because it would it would just get sore because I'm like I'm singing and it's pulling you know, uh, but yeah well that'll be interesting to see how what the speech pathologist says. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I think um, I think once Taz gets used to it, the idea and sort of gets through a day, uh, the daycare will be will be good for him because he does he he always wants to play with other kids but he finds it hard to sort of just get in there and. You know he's not he's certainly not a, a leader at this point. Um, once once he gets a bit more comfortable with people, he does sort of push the games a bit more and and, and leads a little bit more, which is is nice mm-hmm. to see. But uh, no, he he often just sort of stands off to the side and and watches and doesn't really want to participate, which you know I can relate to. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, James is definitely not not a leader when it comes to playing games, but he's yeah. usually willing to follow. Like if if one kid starts running around, he's quite happy to to start following and, <laughs> and oh, yeah. chasing, but he doesn't quite know what to do. <laughs> and I mean a lot, yeah, and a lot of that comes from just the people that um, they're with, right? Because you know when James, when you guys come over here and James and Taz are playing together, um, Taz does tend to lead a bit more, and yeah, I guess that's just you know certain di- different dynamics, different kids, and yeah. But yeah, they have a ball running around and yeah. chasing each other and jumping off couches under cushions and oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, moving on from from preschool, obviously, yeah, like you said, kinder next year, and I guess like I don't I don't remember kinder. Obviously, I was pretty young. Um, it's been a while since I've been around kids who are in kinder. I I've assume... got like sporadic memories of of different things that happen there. Like if I see a photo, I'll go, "Yep, I remember." I remember that. Right, yeah. But then I remember, like, certain games that I used to play, mm. usually Tiggy out in the um, <laughs> out yeah. in the out in the yard. 
Yeah, well, I think like I think kinders, most kinders are still mostly just around play, right? It's not that sort of formal education yet. I think some are trying to get them into the like pre-academic stuff where they're sort of you know certainly a lot more of the um of the childcare center ones. They're trying to get a lot more into the um like get them know, into real learning early. Yeah. See, I think I mean I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, it it kind of rubs me the wrong way. You know, I feel like it's too early for kids to be. I mean, obviously not too early to be learning certain things like counting and letters and whatever. I mean, Taz is, you know, learning that stuff now. Um, but just through, but it's just through play, right? We're not sitting him down and doing flashcards or <laughs> whatever, <laughs> writing on a board, having him, you know, need to sit and focus. And I mean, that's one of the things he's found difficult even in play groups, right? It's just if they're too structured, you know, he doesn't want to sit down for story time right now. He's playing with the truck. And so he'll, you know, either get upset or just, keep or just ignore everyone else and go and play with the truck mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um so yeah I, it, we, we're gonna have to look around at, at the at the kinders and and make sure that the sort of the philosophies are, are just more around more around play you know yeah at that time i think it's more about the socializing with other kids it's about having the opportunity to have different sensory experiences and different yeah social experiences yeah, just experiment and learn that way. Which is actually what a lot of the pre-kinder stuff at um, at childcare is actually doing. I mean, I've I've spent a lot of time, you know, listening to what Bianca's doing in her course and of course, what yeah. she's got to prepare. She's preparing a lot of different sensory activities. So, has to do one with music and then one with nature and and just lots of lots of little little things um fine motor skills is very important at, yeah of course in these early ages and so yeah doing paintings playing with sand and water and i mean sports stuff that's fine as long as it's not like full-on team-based sports or whatever but yeah. you know throwing balls around hitting balls with a bat that sort of stuff i think is good <laughs> juggling <laughs> <laughs> sure we'll send it to clam kinder somersaults juggling um, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> backwards. James, um, did James do gymnastics? No, no, okay, no. But he he certainly likes doing headstands and all these other mm. crazy things and oh, like I think jumping it's around everywhere. Yeah, well, we took Taz to uh, a gymnastics class, a gymnastics class when we were in Ottawa, and so you know he wasn't even two at that point, and it was obviously age appropriate. It was for that for that age, but um, yeah, it was great just like climbing on things and swinging on things and going on the trampoline and yeah I, I wish we could find the time and money to to do to do that now yeah it's like we'd like to get james back into swimming and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah everything yeah, costs money and it's uh, the most I mean, annoying thing about our, everything this is, this is kind <laughs> of our constant refrain <laughs> on this show but i mean i'm sure you know a lot of people relate to that that's it's every parent's problem unless you you know part of the one percent basically mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you how do you afford all the kids activities yeah so have you um have you looked into kinders specific ones or um we've looked at at ones around the area the there's one right down the end of our street that actually gets good reviews so if we were to send him to a actual kinder itself that that would probably be the um the best bet yeah that's but, we have one of those too <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately it's one of those things where you know it's ten to two. That's the hours that they that they sort of run. And oh, yeah, you have so to that's why the childcare is actually a much 
I think that's why everyone sort of moved to the childcare for the kinders and that sort of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if the um the other kinders start phasing out. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably still a place for the kinders because I guess the kinder comes from more from. I mean, yeah, the, you basically require a stay-at-home parent to take your kid to kinder and pick them up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it is more just for, oh, like, take them there. They can socialize. They can play for a bit, but it's not the whole day. And, and obviously, that keeps certain costs down and different things, but it means it's difficult for the for parents, for working parents. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how we'll go with that. Like, obviously, like, so er- this job of Erica's is only a year contract, but chances are she'll get another job after it. You know, she's probably going to do well enough that if they that if they need someone and a position comes up, she'll get something. So yeah, we'll have to think about that too when when Taz gets to that age, um, and then when the twins get to that age. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. So it's, it's another part entirely. Like you know, all of a sudden there's a lot more money that <laughs> has to sort oh, of geez. start coming out. I know. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to. You know, having to have having to have three kids in childcare or kinder or whatever or school. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, school at least. You know, they obviously they're going to go to a public school. There are fees involved, but it's not you know it's not crazy yep. town fees. So, so I know that originally you were you were talking about sending Taz at least for one year to a, a local school around this area called the Village School. Yeah, that's true. Which is a private school, which generally. When I mean, we we like to support the the public schools and the public system. But I spent my first two years um, at the village school, and my um, sister Emily spent her her last two years of primary school there. And uh, my brother Stephen spent um, a few years at that school. Um, and they just they're an they're sort of an alternative curriculum school. A lot of good benefits um, in the way that they teach. And the sorts of activities they have, they do a lot of sort of farm and animal and outdoor activities with the kids. Yeah. Um, one thing I particularly liked was each year they do a um, school production, like a musical or a play, but they mm-hmm. involve the whole school. And so, you know, the older kids with the with the teachers actually write it. Um, That's pretty cool. Obviously, they pull performers from the whole school you know the, they all make the sets and i assume play the music and you know basically it, it it's almost a it's just a, yeah it's just a project that kind of the whole school pulls together to put this put this show on which i thought is just fantastic like mm-hmm. you know we're really interested in getting taz into performance stuff because i think that can just be really beneficial for for kids Especially with self-esteem and... That's it. Just teach them a lot of self-esteem. Teach them, yeah, to, that they can be outgoing and sort of put themselves out there. You know, I, I, once Taz gets old enough, I think I think he needs to be at least five, but um, there's the Young Australian Broadway company, yep, which we'd love to get him into, you know, and they put on these big shows and everything. It's, my sister Priscilla did it for a while. So, yeah, that's fantastic. But, um, yeah, Village School... We were considering that. We are no longer seriously considering it <laughs> for a couple Just of reasons. Uh, I mean, obviously, one is the cost. The cost. Uh, although they do have... The re- the fees are actually fairly reasonable and the benefit would have been that they have discounts for um, children uh, in from the same family who are there at once. 
Yep. And so with all the all three kids being so close in age, we actually would have only paid probably the equivalent of fees for maybe two of them when all three of them were in school. I think okay. there's like pretty severe discounts. I think for the third and onwards child within a family when they're there at the same time. So, but I mean, obviously the the money was still a factor. But actually, the the biggest thing was that our local school here in Mount Evelyn turns out it's just it's quite a good school and it's in walking distance and <laughs> um, and it's a government school it's a and it's a government school so yeah we will most likely send him there you know when once it gets closer to the time we'll obviously um, start looking around and yeah look at it a bit more closely and and uh, really uh, dig into it a bit more make sure it is right for him but um, chances are chances are he'll go there um, and again, just just a lot of play based curriculum. You know, obviously kids need to learn to read and to write, to and to arithmetic. <laughs> <laughs> the three R's. How the hell did that even get past anyone? <laughs> it's like reading is the only one. It's like reading, writing. Well, that starts with the W. Not if you spell it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you spell it wrong. R O N G. <laughs> But yeah, I just, I think that the more sort of, I wouldn't say casual, but just, yeah, that that, that play-based style uh, is just makes so much more sense for kids. You know, five, six, seven-year-olds are still having trouble focusing. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, different kids will, will succeed in those environments to different degrees, but for the most part, like the school just needs to be open to those different modes of learning. Mm. Um, I think that's really the big thing. And yeah, like an advanced kid who is focused more, you know, obviously we have to, you you have to be open to be able to challenge them as well, but whether it's, they move up a class or whether there's just different activities for them or, or, um, or what, but yeah, anyway, we'll see. James will probably be going to the local school just down the road Mm -hmm. where we usually go for, um, to do our election Voting right. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, our uh, yeah, our voting is uh, is at the Mount Evelyn Primary as well. So yeah, so last time, or the last couple of times, because we've been living in this house for eight years now, so we've had a bit of a look at the school, and it actually seems like a pretty good school. It's pretty easy to get there. It takes us about you know fifteen minutes to walk there. Oh yeah, that's so that's all right. Cool. And you know we're we're probably about twenty minutes walk from from one high school and about 25 minutes walk from the high school that we that we attended mm-hmm. which has undergone a name change and <laughs> yeah, is that um is that all years now all years now at yeah. this at where the senior campus was yeah when we were there it was only years years 11 and 12 but uh, which was fantastic they've demolished our old campus <laughs> yep and uh, which i always found funny that you were in in that campus when you were so much closer to to the Mount Evelyn campus of, of this school. Yeah, I mean, it's because the Mount Evelyn campus wasn't Pembroke. as It's not, it's yeah. not Pembroke anymore, but it wasn't Pembroke um, when That's I started yeah. high school. So I think it came in and even it might have even been the year after. But by that point, I think mum and dad just thought I was established there and didn't want to pull me out of uh, sort of friend groups and such. Yep. Um, but yeah, all my, all my siblings... Went to Mount Evelyn, the local, the local <laughs> campus. Just not you. Yeah. <laughs> so that was good. I it had meant to catch the boss. It meant that, you know, 
we got to know each other just a touch earlier. Yeah. Like, I suppose, as we talked about last week, you know, I, I knew of you a lot earlier. <laughs> oh, I had a because, reputation, man. Yeah. I was one of the gays, <laughs> as they would <laughs> derisively say, you know, very, yeah. Yeah, well, you and me both. <laughs> yeah. As we also talked about last week. Um, yeah. But no, I knew you as... Um, before I knew you was Ben, you were dope fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a self-inflicted uh, nickname, because we, because this is like this is the the early days of the internet, right? Well, Commander the, Keen Four. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I had to I had to come up with a handle. Everyone needed a handle. It was better than the one previously, which uh, which was Game Master. God, I was the master of games. <laughs> what what you really wanted was Dungeon Master, but you thought that you might get your ass kicked. <laughs> I didn't know about Dungeon Masters at that point. Um, oh, it was ingrained in you because you, your dad, you know, when you were being born, he was in the middle of a game. He was. That's right. He was playing Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons in the uh, in the hospital. All right. Probably out in the waiting room because, you know, it was back. No, oh, back no. Then well, <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, he, but that, he would have been your, right fa- in there. your family were, were a bit hippie-ish. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, he was in there. Um, yeah, totally. He was playing D&D. He was, he was rolling for... Uh, rolling know. for initiative. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I rolled for initiative as soon as I came out. He was you rolling for, he was rolling for it to, to survive each, uh, each contraction. Um, hand crushed. <laughs> fuck! I'm trying to remember the statistic that would you you'd use. What's the f- dexterity? <laughs> no, <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't delivering. Oh, strength. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, that mum was rolling for strength. <laughs> Wisdom saving throw. Don't say something stupid. Constitution. <laughs> Is the word I was trying to think of, but ah, my brain was not working. He was rolling for constitution to to survive each uh, uh, each contraction. So game master, <laughs> game master, and then dope fish, um, yeah, which is a character from a game called Commander Keen, id Software, the uh, creators of Doom before Doom and Wolf Three D before mm-hmm. <laughs> before, Doom. before Doom. <laughs> it, but yeah, once once uh, I got a bit older. And people started asking me why I was called Dopefish and even had anything to do with drugs. I uh, soon gave that one up. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I just didn't want to be associated in that way or with those people. But this brings up something that I wanted to talk about. I was thinking the other day, back in, back in the day when we were a lot younger, the only way to get games, you know, were to basically share between your friends. Yep, good old three and a half inch floppies. Three and a half inch floppies, but do you remember that there were certain certain games that you could do that you could share? You could share like the first episode, and it was known as shareware. Yes. And then for the other episodes in the game, you had to send like you they always had to send send money in a check or money order through to this place. They they give you give you a thing at the end and you could actually print it out on your on your dot matrix printer and and send away for it not that we ever could because it was always in america yep but like i was trying to think the other day when did shareware actually go out of fashion that's a good question uh i think 
Quake was shareware? The first episode, I think, may have been shareware. And then you yeah. had to pay for the other ones. Because Doom definitely was. Yep. Uh, Wolf 3D had six different chapters, and the first one was... Was the first way. chapter of nine levels was shareware. Mm-hmm. So you think about that nowadays. Had they released the game, the new game of Doom, you know, released like <laughs> the first chapter of shareware, and then yeah. like it just doesn't make any sense anymore and how much money they spend on it today. So, well, except that you, there is a lot more sort of episodic gaming and DLC now. Like you, you've, you could almost do that, you could almost release the first section and then basically as DLC pay for each next section as you want it or pay for the rest of them in one chunk. So I suppose some of the early Telltale games, I believe also did that. Um, Uh, The tell, no, I think the Telltale games, they, what what they they tend to do is they, yeah, well, what they tend to do is they'll release the first episode as free later. Once all episodes are out. Ah, yeah. So I think you can get the first episode of a lot of Telltale games for free, um, or very cheap. But uh, yeah, generally when they f- when they first start, um, they they always charge for them. But it, it got me wondering, you know, just how many games did um, um some of my favourite my favourite early early shareware games were were by two companies, id Software mm-hmm. and Apogee. Yes. Now, if you remember back to Apogee, like they they released so many games, and they were all the exact same, like the exact same game. <laughs> it was all well. They released like, a lot of platformers, a lot of platformers, and they were um, all pretty much like Cosm- Cosmos, Cosmic Adventure, Duke Nukem was an Apogee one, the original. Yep. Um, um, Crystal Caves. Crystal Caves. Uh, what was that one? Halloween Harry. Oh, um, yeah, you had a slingshot in that one. That was one uh, of the later ones. Bash. Oh, Jesus. You're right. You're Halloween. right. They really did release a lot of games that were ha- all the same. Halloween game. Harry was the one with the um with the jetpack. And uh, yeah. you could fly around and stuff. And then you had Hocus Pocus. Yeah, which is a magic based one. Yeah. So I was I was going through some of the old the old Apogee games and just sort mm-hmm. of having a look. And it's like, all those games I only ever played the first the first the part because first, I, yeah. I I could never get like the other parts to it occasionally you'd come across someone who'd talk to someone else who talked to someone else who you know swapped all these games and back in back in the early well back in the late 80s and early 90s it was like everything was um you know passed between everyone yeah i remember getting uh, convincing someone at school to copy duke nukem 3d for me <laughs> and you know it was on like 12 floppy disks or something um, and of course, you know, you bring it home and then, and inevitably one of them is corrupted. Oh yeah. Um, and then I have to go back and, you know, plead them to give them another disc and plead them to copy that particular one. And- so a good friend of mine, um, Paul and a good friend of yours as well. Mm-hmm. I was, um, best man at his wedding last year and I was going back through some of the old stories and I came, came across something I'd written down ages ago that I remembered that, we lived about a k and a half from each other, so riding our bikes back and forth was pretty pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a um, four eight six DX two eighty, and I had a Pentium one thirty three. So it was sort of like 
I knew that I could I could play all these all these good games because before that I had a 386 and I couldn't play anything. So for, for I suppose for those who aren't computer nerds, the 486 <laughs> was <laughs> was like probably the last the last system that um Intel released before their they started going crazy with their um you know increasing every single year you know the 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 um first computers the 8086 the 286 the 386 <laughs> all those sort of ones were just leading up to, to what are we up to now and, do you think oh god 1086 <laughs> <laughs> if not more um i mean when they when they changed to the pentium everything just started going crazy and the um the good, the, old turbo started, the good old turbo button started disappearing and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I just think about computers nowadays. My three eight six was only a thirty three megahertz processor. <laughs> oh, it's insane! Just the difference. So anyway, the game of choice that that we were trying to copy this day was Mortal Kombat two. Now that had to go on, on PC. Tw- on PC, I didn't even know they had a PC release. Yes, that had to go on twenty. 1.44 meg floppy disks. <laughs> now, I was not exactly... I didn't have exactly a lot of money, so I had a lot of old disks that I'd inherited from from a cousin. And some of these disks used to, used to have um, other things on them and mm-hmm. had been used multiple times. So I was like, okay, I've got like 40 disks here. Some of these have to work. So we get over there and we'd use, you know, some sort of zip thing and zip across all the different floppies and we'd do all 20. We'd get over to my place, you know, r- ride from <laughs> ride from Paul's place all the way over to our place, start unzipping, CRC error on floppy disk 7. So I was like, okay, okay throw disk 7 away. <laughs> Go back over <laughs> Find there. Find another one. Copy and again. just keep going and get all the way through. And I was like, you get all the way back over. And now... We started at like 10 o'clock in the morning and it's, you know, it's a good 15 minutes there, 15 minutes back. But then the time to actually do the zipping up and, and the unzipping was about half an hour to an hour. Oh, God. And it's yeah. like, because 20, 20 meg over 20 discs. And yeah. It's yeah. like, okay, we're throwing away one disc for disc seven, disc seven. We got through the next lot, got to disc 12. It's like, <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> Throw disc 12 away. We ride back over, get all the way back. We've used the exact same discs, but somehow disc three has died now. <laughs> it's like, we just we just couldn't win. In the end, I think we didn't end up finishing it this time. We finished it the next time. He oh, my over. God. I mean, that's the thing. Those discs were just so, like, volatile. I remember having to use them for university and stuff still and, just, you know, putting putting documents and stuff on there and having to do three backups to... Because we had to submit them on yep. floppy disks. Well, when when we went to TAFE, they still had the floppy disk drives. But then I saw a little logo on this drive, and I'm like, what does this actually mean? And I looked was it up. Was it Zip or was it Jazz? It was LS120. Oh, which I was do a, remember those. Which was meg. a 120 meg yeah. disk that looked just like a three and a half inch floppy. <laughs> it just cost a <laughs> shitload think- more. I think they were even backwards compatible, weren't they? I think they could yes, read they floppies. Were. Yeah, could read one point four four meg floppies, and then you also had to could also do the LS one twenty. Except every single time you went so to use expensive. one, the um the drive would be totally totally fucked. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so they also had zip drives in these, so mm-hmm. not the jazz 
the Jazz Zip. They had the um, the iOmega Zip. Yes. And so I bought one of those drives and I had it in my PC so I could actually take work home, work on it there, take it back. Yet every time I got back to work, it's like, uh, this disk drive doesn't work. Right. And so I had a perfect drive at home and I could yeah. do all my work there and I bring it back in. It's like, God damn, it doesn't even work. And it's literally because they, you couldn't actually use USBs. I mean, we, we grew up in such such a shitty time for for doing work on computers and for all that transferring sort of stuff. files and things. I know it was all what is now known as the sneaker net, um, <laughs> and yeah, not even on USB. It was all on magnetic media. Yep. It wasn't even because we didn't. Oh, well, I mean, we probably had CD burners then, but CDs were expensive. You're not going to burn a CD for you know a, a one and a half meg file. Or if, you know, if that. Oh, don't don't forget that even in these times, like MP3s didn't exist. It seems crazy nowadays that you know we're talking about getting um getting some of these games across and all that sort of stuff. But at this stage, to copy a CD, you just you didn't even think about it. Like, no, it, no, of it course. just wasn't even wasn't even thought of. You know, you you'd always go, okay, I've got a CD. How am I going to listen to this anywhere else? Okay, I'm going to put it on to tape. <laughs> yeah, you never ever thought. Oh, oh no, there's no way to, to listen MP3 to it via in... the computer. No, no, no. I mean, I think we could. Yeah, I, I can't recall exactly when we got our first CD burner, but it was it was it definitely was by the time we're in. Well, it was definitely by the time I was in university. Um, we had a fairly we had a CD burner pretty uh, early on. Fairly early on. I mean, we had a CD drive fairly fairly early on. We had a one or a two-speed CD drive, CD-ROM drive that had the the old caddy. Oh God! Um, that you actually so like this is an external case that you put yes. the CD into and then insert the case into the drive like a floppy disk, basically like a large floppy disk. Yep. My um, my grandfather had the same the yeah. same type of CD-ROM drive, and the only game I'd ever play over there was um, like he had this Sherlock Holmes adventure, mm-hmm. and it was on like two CD-ROMs, and my grandfather didn't mind too much, but my grandmother always said, if I'm going to bring something over, I could install it, I could play, but then I had to remove it before I left. (laughs) (laughs) Basically because she didn't want that on the computer all the time. I I mean, well, hard drive space was at a premium too. I remember, and this is earlier on, this is probably year seven or eight, trying to get a game working over at our friend Jay's house, and it was... I'm trying to think what media it was on, but it was it was just it was a large game. I think it ended up being unzipped about fifteen or twenty meg. Yep. And he had a twenty meg hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> so we were literally trying to clear every little thing off of this drive that we could so that we could install this thing and have enough swap space and stuff to be able to even run it. Yep. And I don't even know what game it was. It was some space sort of vector shooting game but yeah it's these kids today they've got it easy with these multi-terabyte drives oh yeah i'm i'm starting to remember some some horror stories from from when i was a lot younger <laughs> like trying to get trying to get a um a game off another friend of ours who i won't name here but he had a 286 and the concept of directories sort of escaped him <laughs> everything happened to end up in the root directory. <laughs> yeah, I've like known those people. Every single file. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so you you go over there and it's like, oh, I want I want to get um, I don't know, I think it was the game Slicks, if you remember that the little car game Slicks, Slicks and Slide. I do remember it. I I can't picture it right now. What sort of was that from with that was yeah tiny little cars down? and it was a top top down thing. <gasps> yeah, I do remember that now. And you play you play like multiple people on the same keyboard, yep. right? Yeah. So I always loved that game, but you go over there and you try to get it off him, and, and like you you end up with his like config sys and his, like game oh, God, files for everything else. It was just hilarious. I remember Dad getting so pissed at me because I modified the config.sys and or the autoexec.bat to get Lemmings 3D working yep. to have enough whatever. I, I don't even remember. Like you, I think you and Rob and such had a bit more actual understanding of these sorts of things. Or maybe you just remember it better, but I just fucking, I just fiddled you with it. You ruined it. <laughs> I just fiddled with it until it worked. I just changed numbers. Yep. But uh, I got it working. <laughs> and then Nothing Dad came up worked. and he got really <laughs> mad at me because he told me not to mess with it. Well, I, I remember, like, this is this is going into a lot of nerdy nerdy sort of talk, but it's good fun. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move off it soon, I promise. Yeah. But um, keep going. <laughs> I remember, like... Being a lot younger, trying to get trying to get games running on on the three eight six before we had the Pentium, and it's like, okay, just edit the config sys a little bit more and edit the auto at bat, and try to try to load everything high, and you know, I'd be struggling to get five hundred and fifty kilobytes of of conventional memory, <laughs> and it's like, god damn it, like a year later we had the Pentium, we had Windows ninety five, and certain games only ran in DOS. Yeah. And I just I wrote down from scratch a config config.sys and and a um and an auto bat loaded everything high in the right in the right level and hit six hundred and twenty kilobytes of conventional <laughs> memory. I'm like, God damn it, why couldn't I do this? I just <laughs> It was it was that thing like But who needs more thought? than six forty K anyway? Oh god. Well, I think we've chatted about nerdy things in video games long enough. We kinda Went off our main education topic there, but we had we had a few things to say on that too. Shall we do a bit of random game development, as it were? I uh, think that could be a bit of fun. <laughs> so er- earlier today, mm-hmm. we thought, well, last week's segment didn't go as well as what we thought, so we might try at least one where we'd spend a little bit of time thinking about it on, on our own. So we came up with our... um. Our first two words. Our first two words. And then I said, eh, I'll come up with it when we record. <laughs> um, no, I did have a little bit of a think about it. Yeah, I had a little bit of a think, but of course, you know, we, we can't, I can't overtake your idea. I can, I've got my couple of ideas that I, I want to sort of bring in. No, no, we just, we'll just see where it goes still. We'll just, we'll draw exactly. from, we'll draw from those ideas. So your word was... My word was art. And mine was trouble. So, something art to do with trouble. art trouble. So, my first thought was trouble as art. So, like, you're trying to create trouble in the most artistic way possible. Hmm. So, you know, you're given an open world and you have to smash it up and you have to um, steal things, but somehow there's some sort of artistic metric that you have to meet 
So kind of like art attack where it would go go above and then you all your destruction has actually created a picture. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, that's it exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just running around, smashing things, <laughs> killing people, blood's going everywhere, and then <laughs> and then once you're done, yeah, it like the, the camera pans up, pointing down, and oh, it's a happy little face. <laughs> And, and, you know, for the first couple of levels, you can have, like, a little outline on the ground that you've got to sort of, sort of keep, you know, the colours within the lines, as it were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, kill, smash... Kill by, <laughs> kill by numbers. Smash this yellow bus right here. Can't <laughs> <laughs> dismember these people over here. <laughs> <laughs> we need a bit more red. <laughs> oh, look, we need some blue. Here's some cops coming down the street. <laughs> Make sure their corpses are in a straight line. <laughs> Kill them in such a way that they don't have any blood leaking out. Otherwise, you get red in there. And red and blue makes purple. <laughs> That's a pretty good challenge. You've got to use, you got to use uh, yeah, non-invasive uh, means. <laughs> Poison, bludgeoning. You, you sort of... You know, you're you're walking up behind behind someone with a, a garrote and <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it's part. basically it could it could it could be an expansion for Hitman, just about. <laughs> um, see where I where I sort of went with it was, okay, what if what if the art was more about the artist? So you had an artist mm-hmm. who got into a little bit of financial trouble. Okay. So they Okay, so the the art is in trouble. The artist is in trouble. Right. So I took art. By extension, the by art. Extension. So I thought, well, maybe he's got a struggling a struggling art gallery, so he starts doing, you know, some um freelance work on the side and it ends up, you know, being counterfeit sort of stuff and you the artist within this adventure game i'm seeing it as an adventure game and you've got little little mini games to as he's trying to copy copy the bits of art and if you make too many mistakes it can be detected even easier and right we'll see well when you mentioned that i was thinking oh like it's a management game so you're running your art gallery but on the side you can counterfeit pieces of art to make to for 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 a cash infusion in case you're mismanaging oh that that may even that may even work a little bit better. I mean, we keep on going for the adventure game metric, but you know, if we haven't done a a management simulator, yeah, that's it. So it's you know somehow that um, it's you you build you build up your art gallery. You have to place your paintings for maximum effect. You have your people wandering through your little AI viewers, kind of like um theme hospital or yeah know, theme park and. That's you know, it. So it's thing gallery, <laughs> <laughs> gallery architect, gal- yeah, something like that. Um, gallery tycoon. <laughs> and you know, if you serve the right drinks, you loosen them up a bit. They might be more likely to pay a bit more money for something. And then you know, got to hi- hire the right people who blend in and make uh, really academic comments on the, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this you know, the artist at this point was in a deep depression and you could really see it come out in the blacks and the blues that's just a light switch (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah but they paid six thousand dollars for it so you win yeah and um prizes go to what i was actually 
going for in my reference there. <laughs> Please tweet at us. Tweet, tweet at us, us if you get that <laughs> reference, because I don't. I, I know a certain someone out there, one of our good friends, will, will certainly get the reference I was going for. Hi, Rob. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, he'll be happy with that reference. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, no, I like that. You, you know, even you, it can even be um, to the point of maybe you can bring some of the adventure game aspects into it, and you can like discover artists. Hmm. You discover the right artist, and you can you know bring them up to to fame and fortune but, and but if you discover money. the wrong artist um turns out that the mob comes looking for their protection money and then you know you end up laundering money through <laughs> through, through the, your account through through the there gallery. There's, a, there's another mechanic that we can bring in there for sure <laughs> i'm actually interested in this game <laughs> i reckon it'd be awesome <laughs> like i wasn't much for the sim sort of thing but i can i can certainly you can get Certainly behind the mob, the mob ties and the yeah. money laundering. Yeah, that's, okay. That's kind of like that sounds like you. Mafia Three. <laughs> Mafia Three based in an art gallery, and it's all about the it's a front for the mob. Yeah, I quite like that. It's, um... Well, my only other idea was that you actually play a guy called Art Trouble. Arthur Trouble. Arthur Trouble. Yep. So what what does Arthur Trouble do for? Oh, I don't know. That's all I had. Oh, you just had after trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He gets into trouble, I guess. Arthur sounds like a bit of a bumbling name. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's just a platformer where you, it's like a Mister Magoo kind of situation <laughs> where he's just he's just walking and you have to protect him. He keeps getting into trouble. I, I'm actually picturing it's, it's just a sprite swap with um with like Duke Nukem 3D. And it's just called after trouble. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you don't change anything at all. <laughs> don't even change the sprites, man. Just change the name. Just cross it out. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You it's just, literally you just, just crossed changed, out on the titles. You, you literally just changed the um the character the character sprites, but all the way through they're still making references to Newcomb and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should we do another one? Yep. I've got a word here. <laughs> okay. What's your word? Copper. Digestion. <laughs> <laughs> so, it... Wait, so copper, like C-O-P-P-E-R? Yeah. Okay. So, so the <laughs> go two ways with this. <laughs> uh, you go first. Okay. So, so I'm not sure which one which one you're going for. So you said digestion. Yeah. So copper digestion, um, it's like a police quest game, but <laughs> um, it's like all the focus is on how many donuts he can eat in between. <laughs> so, so it's basically set in the parking lot of a donut store. <laughs> it's it's all the time like. Um, when he's when he's in there, you hear all these stories about all these fun adventures everyone else has been on. <laughs> you don't get to see any of it. Every now and then, someone comes in and, and like tries to shoplift a donut. And just stop. And that's he the, just actually, hides that's behind the, the counter, just eating more donuts. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. It's like, oh, I haven't finished my donuts yet. I know. I just I wanted to take it as as far away from from what I was originally thinking as possible. So the other place you can go with that, of course, is copper, 
the the element, the metal. Yep. So it's 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 a political game where you're going around munching. It's like it's basically Pac Man, except you're munching up the horrible mixed media NBN that Malcolm Turnbull <laughs> completely <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Munch, munch, munch! All this, all this last mile copper has to, has to go. And and what are you crapping out fiber? <laughs> yeah, you're crapping fiber out the other end. No, I've I've actually got a crapping I've, out Turnbull's tears. So I've got another one. Okay. So at the entrance to the stomach. <laughs> okay, this is gonna go well. Yeah. So at the entrance to the stomach, you, you've got. I've decided that um, it's going to be one of those sort of. You know how when Pixar did Inside Out, they had those little characters representing all the different, you know, emotions and that sort of stuff? Well, I think that you could have sort of a, a world set where all the different organs are represented by by different... Um, mm-hmm. Characters, By yep. different different characters. And the digestive system, or the, or the stomach, happens to be a policeman. Uh, okay, I like it, I like it. You could actually have, you know... Certain organs are getting sick, and so therefore the stomach's trying to figure the out. Stomach has to go around and figure out what's going on. He's yeah, detective tummy, or it's the brain trying to go and figure it out, and it just ha- just so happens that the stomach is sick in this first episode, and you know you can you can take it right. from there. It's yeah, okay, yeah. So I'm I'm just concerned though. What happens in his body when the brain migrates down to the stomach <laughs> <laughs> for the interview? <laughs> Or for the for the murder scene. Well, maybe it's not the brain as such. Maybe oh, okay. <laughs> Is it okay. the white blood cells? Yeah, it's the white blood cells, and um, think of it like Charlie's Angels, and the brain is Charlie. You never actually get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> the brain's just directing everything over a radio radio link. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know the white blood cells going around trying to try to solve the mystery, solve the mystery, to the stomach, of... the liver, the kidneys, all the usual suspects. Talks of the gallbladder. Oh, I bet it's that fucking shifty appendix. Fuck that guy. We've got to get rid of him. <laughs> Although they're trying to actually stop as many appendectomies from, from actually happening now. They're, they're trying to treat it all with um, antibiotics instead of just cutting out the appendix. Because it, it actually helps. It does have a use. It yeah. does actually have a use. And it's just I that they never knew it before. I think it does collect certain toxins or something, yeah. I don't remember exactly what it was. I just remember reading that um, the the number of appendectomies have have certainly dropped. So it's probably it's probably not the appendix who's the killer in this case. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just racially profiling. <laughs> uh, should we do one more before we finish up? Yes. Okay. Ink. Smell. Ooh. Ink smell. Okay. I don't think that's a title in itself, but we could probably bring those concepts together in some way. Definitely. So, so ink, obviously either writing or octopus, I mean squid. And teenagers getting high off the smell. <laughs> well, now that just sounds like a news report from the Herald Sun. Mm, true. T- teenagers these days are catch- capturing squid and getting high off the ink smell. So anyway, the digestive cough. <laughs> 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 Trying to figure out, you know, why why brain is sending it off on all these different things and it turns out that it's actually the ink smell. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no problem at all. It's just 
the the owner of this body who happens to be a stupid teenager sniffing squid ink to get high. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm going to click eleven times. Burn metal. <laughs> all right, burn and metal. This I like. So you're a firefighter who's into heavy metal, and you have to put out music by uh, put out music. <laughs> you have put, to out put out fires. Fires by playing music really loud. <laughs> um, and so I'm gathering that this is with a Guitar Hero controller that you've got to. <laughs> Like it's that peripheral that you got to use, or yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Guitar Hero controller doesn't get enough love these days. But it's got to be the new one, doesn't it? Because so that you can actually get some use out of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, sick burn. Oh. <laughs> sick burn, metal burn. <laughs> I um, I actually years ago tried to write a game that did use the Guitar Hero controller, but it was like an action game where you had to destroy UFOs that were coming towards the Earth. Yep. And each of them had a little riff on them. So it was kind of like, it was kind of like something like Typing of the Dead or whatever, but you had, instead of typing, you had to play, riff. play, <laughs> play the little riff. But I spent all this time trying to, um, trying to make it so that when you played the little riff, it like, content, like it, that it would play in key. So that sound, so if you did it right and played in rhythm, it would sound like you were actually sort of, making music in some form or another yep but uh, i failed miserably <laughs> so that was a fun little anecdote of my pathetic game development career yeah i don't i don't think we're, we're going to really be making a lot of money on any games that we sort of put out <laughs> I, know, I think well is this... any is any an amount that we're, that we're ever <laughs> <Is expecting? any? laughs> Well, it depends. If, uh, this podcast counts as, like, as our copyright for all of these concepts, right? So hopefully someone will listen and go out and make it and then we'll just be able to claim a bunch of royalties or something. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that's a good thing. You know, we've got a, we've got a perfectly perfectly legal way of actually saying, look, we came up with this first. Here's the date that we actually recorded this. Yeah. All right. Let's do one more. One more. But make it work, one. we're going to finish up. All right. What's your word? Attack. Judge. <laughs> judge. Attack. Attack judge. <laughs> All right. This I like. So, <laughs> so basically it starts off as like a Judge Judy-esque TV show. Yep. And, you put, and you're the judge. Yep. And so you have two people presenting their cases. <laughs> <laughs> and then you attack the one that you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> and basically attack one of them <laughs> it turns into a, like a moral combat like finish yeah. him <laughs> you just totally. rip their arms off or something you've like got that. all you've got a lot of judge related attack moves you know gavel gavel yeah <laughs> gavel throw um robe robe spin <laughs> well given given that it, it'd be based here in australia you got wig throw <laughs> wig throw <laughs> you can tap in your bailiff he does a special attack <laughs> with his revolver. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it just turns dark. It's just boom. No, that's it. Attack over. I'm. I'm also seeing. Maybe you're a guy as you're walking down the street. If you see someone who's being judgmental, you attack them. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I think that's just an asshole simulator. <laughs> 
maybe you, maybe you're, maybe you're the guy who's being judgmental when people attack you. <laughs> you're just a judgmental asshole when you have to attack people. You have to fend people off as they attack you. It's like what? You... I'm just telling the truth. I'm just speaking my mind. <laughs> I was just speaking my mind when I said you had an ugly child. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they throw the kid at you. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, I think we're going to finish it up there. This has been Two Sweary Dads. We swear. Did we meet our, meet our swear quota this episode? I don't think we fucking did. <laughs> oh, fuck shit. Cunt balls dick. Uh, <laughs> That's our you first find C bomb of the, of the <laughs> podcast, too. <laughs> So, uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm actually us. gonna I'm gonna write this down oh. now. <laughs> ben dropped the C bomb <laughs> for the first time. Awesome! So it took us to episode eight before someone dropped the C bomb. Sweet, sweet. Uh, you can visit us on our website at two cunty dad. Oh wait. <laughs> You can visit us at our website on TwoSwearyDads.com. You can tweet us at TwoSwearyDads. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash TwoSwearyDads. Um, you can email us, podcast at TwoSwearyDads.com. And if you can find us on iTunes, just search TwoSwearyDads. We would love it if you would rate and or review us. So, Ben, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, Trevor, where exactly do babies come from? Go ask your mum. Sand. Behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just fall over? <laughs> yeah. That's how impressed I was with that. No, I just knocked my mic over. <laughs>